Hello and welcome to episode number 58 of the Lunch Table Talk podcast and in today's episode I'm going to be giving you my 2021-2022 NFL awards predictions. Coach of the year, comeback player of the year, offensive rookie, defensive rookie, MVP, Depoy, Opoy, you know the rundown. I'm not going to do um, some of the smaller awards, you know, the ones that you know teams give out and uh, maybe like players association gives out, but I got the main the big awards right here for you. Um, starting off with Coach of the Year, we're going to start off with some honorable mentions and move our way up uh, third, second, and then of course first. So uh, starting off with my honorable mentions for Coach of the Year, I have Robert Sala from the New York Jets and Andy Reid from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, two like kind of wild cards here, I mean, meaning while I put them in the honorable mentions fitting, I suppose. Um, if the Jets think what I believe that they are capable of and getting over that eight-ish win mark, and if they even hit eight wins, i definitely take that as a W for the New York Jets, and if the Kansas City Chiefs go on some crazy run and only lose one or two games, Andy Reid could definitely, could easily win Coach of the Year. So in third place for Coach of the Year, I have Kevin Stefanski from the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, he was a rookie head coach last year, won it, um, one of the first head coaches to do so, um, and I think he's going to follow that uh, Coach of the Year type performance from last year and do something very similar this year, finishing him in third place. I like what the Cleveland's, Cleveland Browns roster has, and I think Stefanski really, really helped out that roster last season, um, helping them get to the playoffs for the first time in a very long time. My Coach of the Year runner-up is Sean McDermott from the Buffalo Bills. Once again, similar thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. If they do go on some crazy run, lose one, two, maybe three games, um, then I can definitely see Sean McDermott winning uh, Coach of the Year. And finally, my pick for winning Coach of the Year, I have Sean McVay from the Los Angeles Rams. I believe that the Rams are definitely a Super Bowl contender. Getting Matthew Stafford was a huge um was a huge addition for them they were only really lacking in one spot which was quarterback and now they got that locked up for hopefully quite some time now with Matthew Stafford I think Stafford's finally going to be shown the spotlight of Los Angeles get out of the slums of Detroit and um, help Sean McVay to a coach of the year title in 2021 and 2022 moving on now to comeback player of the year honorable mentions for this award I have Joe Burrow from the Cincinnati Bengals and Daniel Hunter from the Minnesota Vikings so third place in comeback player of the year, I have Nick Bosa from the San Francisco 49ers. In two games last season, he had one forced fumble, six tackles, four hurries, one quarterback knockdown, uh, 0.0 missed tackle percentage, and five pressures. I mean, a solid two-game span. Um, unfortunate injury that he did have last season, but I can see him coming back better than ever this season and helping San Francisco hopefully make the playoffs. Um, obviously, their defense is the main focal point of that team. And he's one of the stars on the defense, thus making him a perfect candidate for Comeback Player of the Year. My Comeback Player of the Year runner-up is Christian McCaffrey, running back from the Carolina Panthers. In three games last season, he had 59 carries for 225 yards, 128 of those coming after contact, 5 touchdowns, 3.8 yards per attempt, 75 yards per game, 9 broken tackles. And of course, we know McCaffrey as a receiving threat, and he did put up some solid numbers in three games last year, with 17 receptions, 149 yards, 8.8 yards per reception, and 1 touchdown to go along with that as well. Um, he's really the focal point of that offense. I know that they do have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, two phenomenal wide receivers. Um, 
but McCaffrey, it's hard to stray away from something that works so well, and McCaffrey's worked phenomenal for the Carolina offense, and I do not see Sam Darnold straying away from uh, this protection anytime soon. And that means winning comeback player of the year, I do have Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. In five games last season, he had a 2-3 and three record. He won a uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week in Week 2. He had a 68% completion percentage, 1,856 yards in only five games. Are you kidding me? He had nine touchdowns, four interceptions, 12.3 yards per completion, 371.2 yards per game, a quarterback rating at 78.7. One game-winning drive, 77.1 on-target percentage, and on the rushing end, he had 93 yards, three touchdowns, three fumbles, and zero fumble recoveries. Dak, I feel like he's the obvious and most popular choice for comeback player of the year, and that is definitely for a reason. I A lot of people expect him to go absolutely crazy this season, especially with the... He didn't really play much with CeeDee Lamb last season, and at the games that they did play together, they looked phenomenal together. Obviously, they got Zeke, they got Amari Cooper, um, they got Michael Gallup and some solid tight ends, and the offensive line, obviously, still pretty solid, even though Zach Martin will be missing game one of the, se of the season. I don't expect him to miss any more time than just that one game. Comeback player of the year, I feel like, is some is quite the lock for Dak Prescott this season. Can't wait to see what he can, he can do um, with all the weapons he has surrounding him. Now onto Offensive Rookie of the Year. Honorable mentions for this award go to Zach Wilson from Brigham Young College of the New York Jets and Michael Carter, running back from UNC, also of the New York Jets. Um, if you couldn't tell, I I do like to pick an honorary team every season. Um, a few years ago, it was the Saints. Two years ago, it was the Vikings. Last year, was the Broncos. This year, is the New York Jets. So... Um, they haven't done amazing in years past, so I don't expect anything phenomenal out of the New York Jets because they are the Jets, and I'm picking them as my honorable mention team, so or my honorary team, I should say. But you never know, so um, I'm excited to see what they can do this season. But uh, Jets, I'm, I'm excited to watch them, and I know that's something you probably don't hear out of many people's mouths, but uh, yes, I am actually excited to watch the Jets this season. So... Besides that, honorable mentions, Zach and Michael Carter. Third place in Offensive Rookie of the Year voting this season, I have Najee Harris from Alabama, now of the Pittsburgh Steelers. In 13 games last season, he was the Doak, Award, Doak Walker Award winner. He was consensus All-American. He finished fifth place in the Heisman voting, and he was also a national champion. He had 251 attempts for 1,466 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt, and 26 touchdowns. On the receiving end, he had 43 receptions for 440 or uh, 425 yards, 9.9 .9 yards per reception, and four touchdowns. Seems like he can score from all over the place. Um, obviously, Alabama had him in the passing game as well. I don't think that they're gonna the Pittsburgh is gonna utilize him as much as a passer, just because they do have Juju. Claypool and Deontay Johnson, three really, really solid wide receivers. Whether you like them or not, you have to admit it. Um, so I don't see Najee being used as a slot guy or even much of a receiving threat at all. Even though he, he's proven that he can catch the ball, um, he's also proven that he can run it very well with 26 touchdowns and almost 1,500 all-purpose yards last season. So um, good for Najee Harris. I expect uh, big things out of him this season, despite the Pittsburgh offensive line concerns. 
Finishing second in Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, the runner-up, I have Kyle Pitts from Florida, now of the Atlanta Falcons. In eight games last season, he was a consensus All-American, he won the John Mackey Award, and he was finished top 10 in the Heisman voting. He had 43 receptions for 770 yards, 19 or 17.9 yards per reception, which put him fifth in the NCAA, and he also had 12 touchdowns on the season. Um, he did not play all of Florida's games. He was used to Kyle Trask at quarterback, um, but in only eight games, he made his presence known. Um, I'm very excited to see what Kyle Pitts can do here in Atlanta alongside Calvin Ridley on the slot and with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Big upgrade from Kyle Trask. In winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, this isn't much of a surprise. Again, going with the easy pick here. i got to go with Trevor Lawrence, though. Um, from the Clemson Tigers, now of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In 10 games last season, he was the ACC Player of the Year. He was the ACC Offensive Player of the Year. He finished second in the Heisman voting. He, had, he threw the ball 334 times for a completion percentage at 69.2. He had 3,153 yards in the air. He had 9.4 yards per attempt, 24 touchdowns, 5 picks, a 114.7 um, passer rating and a 169.2 passer efficiency rating. On the ground, he can use his legs, that's for sure. He had 68 attempts for 203 yards, three yards per um, three yards per rush, and eight touchdowns. Very excited to see Trevor Lawrence. I know I've said this about every player, but Trevor Lawrence especially, number one pick, you got a lot of hype behind you. Um, and I'm excited to see what him and Urban Meyer and some of the weapons that they do have on that Jacksonville offense are going to be able to do. It is unfortunate that Travis Etienne went down so early with an injury, but I don't. I think it's good for Trevor that um, he's not used to. Um, he's used to having Etienne in his lineup, and I think that drafting Etienne was mainly for Trevor, not just for the Jacksonville organization. Um, obviously, he's a big help. It's ETN. He's going to make plays no matter what. But they did have James Robinson, who, I mean, obviously, Trevor's been in college for the past few seasons. He's not used to a running back like James Robinson. He's not used to DJ Chark or LaVisca or any of these guys. So um, having ETN there definitely would have helped. But I still like Lawrence's chances at Offensive Rookie of the Year this season, for sure. Despite the questionable offensive line play, I actually do think that offensive line is somewhat underrated. They do have the big names. Um... And I actually like what I've seen in seasons past. This preseason did not like what I saw at all out of the Jacksonville offensive line. But in seasons past, um, good work and underrated work in my opinion. On to defensive rookie of the year. Honorable mentions for this are Patrick Jones II from Pittsburgh, now of the Minnesota Vikings. And Jamin Davis from Kentucky, now of the Washington football team. So finishing in third place in defensive rookie of the year. Voting, I have Trayvon Morig Woodyard from Texas Christian University, now of the Las Vegas Raiders. In 10 games last season, he won the Jim Thorpe Award. He had 30 solo tackles, 17 assisted tackles, 2 TFLs, 2 picks, 9 passes defended, and only 6 missed tackles. Um, very impressive, less than 1 missed tackle per game um, in a 10-game stretch with TCU last season. Very excited for what Trayvon Mowring Woodyard can do here with this uh, Las Vegas Raiders defense. The defense is not the strong suit for the Raiders, nor is offense is what I like to say, but TMW, I think he's going to do some good stuff there. I think he's going to quickly become the safety number one in that depth chart. So runner-up in defensive rookie of the year, I have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, now of the Cleveland Browns. 
In 12 games last season, he was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, a consensus All-American, and he won the Dick Buckus Award. He had 42 solo tackles, 20 assisted tackles, 11 TFLs, 1.5 sacks, 1 interception, 3 passes defended, 1 touchdown, 3 forced fumbles, and 10 missed tackles. Jeremiah Wusukoromawa, I've raved about him on just about every NFL episode that I've had up until the um, up until before the draft. Very excited to um, to watch this guy play. I wish my Washington football team would have taken him over Jamie Davis, but I'm not disappointed in the Jamie Davis pick. I do think he's going to do pretty solid this season, just as not as good as Jeremiah Wusukoromawa. And winning defensive rookie of the year, as much as it pains me to do it to give Dallas two award winners, it's too it's hard. It's hard for me not to. Michael Parsons from Penn State, now of the Dallas Cowboys. In 2019, in 13 games, he had 52 solo tackles, uh, 57 assisted tackles, 14 tackles for loss, 5 sacks, 5 passes defended, 1 fumble recovery, 4 forced fumbles, and 6 missed tackles. That's less than half a missed tackle per game. Very, very impressive stuff out of Michael Parsons. He's so fast, and I think he's going to do great work in the NFC East, not only the NFC East, but um, all the guys that Dallas will end up playing this season. Very excited to watch Micah play. I think he's going to he's gonna have crazy speed off the edge. He's good in coverage. I mean, all around phenomenal player. Excited to watch him play. On to Offensive Player of the Year. My honorable mentions are DeAndre Hopkins from the Arizona Cardinals and Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons. In third place for Offensive Player of the Year, I have Christian McCaffrey. Don't have any stats for him, figuring that he only played in three games last season. So, uh, that's um, Christian McCaffrey I have coming in third. In second place, my runner-up is Derrick Henry from the Tennessee Titans. In 16 games last season, he was an All-Pro, a Pro Bowler. He won the AFC Offensive Player of the Week for Week 6, and he won the AFC Offensive Player of the Month for October. His stats are a thing of beauty. 378 carries, 2,027 yards. Uh, 972 of those coming after contact. He also had 17 touchdowns, one one two-point conversion, 5.4 yards per attempt, 126.7 yards per game, 29 broken tackles, and he's not really known for his receiving ability, but he did also have a few receiving yards with 19 catches, 114 yards, six yards per reception and a 61.3 catch percentage. He also had three fumbles and finished first in all purpose yards in the NFL with only 114 receiving yards. Talk about impressive finishing first in all purpose yards. Derrick Henry's an absolute tank and I don't see that stopping anytime soon, especially since Tennessee actually upgraded their offensive line. Um, I know they have an extra mouth to feed with Julio Jones there now, which I do intend to him to take some of Derrick Henry's uh, workload away, but not much. I still see Derrick Henry getting over 300 carries this season and probably not breaking that 2,000 mark, 2,000 yard mark once again, but I can definitely see him wreaking some havoc once again in Tennessee. So that means winning Offensive Player of the Year. I have Dalvin Cook from the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, if you listen to my last few episodes, I'm very high on the Vikings offense and defense this season, Dalvin Cook included. In 14 games last season, he was a Pro Bowler. He won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week in Weeks 8 and 9. He won the NFC Offensive Player of the Month for November. He also had over 300 carries with 312 of them. He finished second in yards, obviously, behind Derrick Henry with 1,557 of them. 
756 of those coming after contact. He had 16 touchdowns, 5 yards per attempt, 111.2 yards per game, and 33 broken tackles. Dalvin is known a little bit more for his receiving ability, um, at least compared to Derrick Henry. He had 44 receptions, 361 yards, 8.2 yards per reception, one touchdown, and he had five fumbles, though. Um, another tank of a running back, Dalvin Cook. Don't love the Minnesota Vikings offensive line as much as I do the Tennessee Titans, but I think Dalvin's going to get it done this season. Obviously, Thielen is starting to slow down, and they just lost Irv Smith, so I like to see Dalvin Cook's workload actually increase. I don't see him getting more carries than, Cook, um, than Derrick Henry, but I still see him breaking that 300-yard mark, probably getting anywhere from 310 to about 330 carries this season. On to Defensive Player of the Year, my honorable mentions go out to Jalen Ramsey from the Los Angeles Rams and Chandler Jones from the Arizona Cardinals. So finishing third in Defensive Player of the Year, I have DeForest Buckner from the Indianapolis Colts. In 16 games last season, he was an All-Pro uh, selection. He won AFC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 15. He had three passes defended, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, nine, nine and a half sacks, 58 tackles, 10 TFLs, 26 quarterback hits, one safety, four hurries, 16 quarterback knockdowns, 31 pressures, and a missed tackle percentage at 3.3. Um, he's been underrated his entire career, obviously. Um, I point this out pretty much every time it happens because I think it's important. He went to the All-Pro team but did not make the Pro Bowl. I, th I feel like I bring up the Pro Bowl in every NFL episode and how shit it is. Excuse my language. Um, but it's just so bad. And DeForest Muckner, um, you don't need the Pro Bowl, my man, um, because you're going to finish top three in Depoy this season. My Defensive Player of the Year runner-up um, pains me to do it, and it's difficult to do it because it is Aaron Donald after all. Um, it's hard to pick, not pick him to win, but I don't know, man. Something about uh, my number one player is a little different than Aaron Donald this season. In 16 games last season, obviously, he did win Defensive Player of the Year. He was an All-Pro selection, a Pro Bowler. He won NFC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 5. He had one pass defended, four forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, 13 and a half sacks, uh, most on double teams, very impressive, uh, 45 tackles, 14 TFLs, 26 quarterback hits, 15 hurries, 12 quarterback knockdowns, a missed tackle percentage at 6.3, and he also had 42 pressures. Aaron Donald, in my opinion, is the best player in the league. Um, I know that sounds a little strange. I mean, why not Patrick Mahomes, maybe Tom Brady, maybe even like a Quentin Nelson or a Derrick Henry or maybe one of the bigger receivers like D-Hop or Kelsey. But um, Aaron Donald, man, I just he's just different than literally everybody else. And I um, it's hard to it's hard for me to put him second in defensive player of the year since he's, you know, Hasn't shown me any reason to not pick him, but uh, I think voter bias is going to come in, or um, recency bias, I'm sorry, is going to come into play, and I think uh, for that reason, I have TJ Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this year's Defensive Player of the Year. In 15 games last season, he was an All-Pro selection, a Pro Bowler. He won AFC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 2. He was the AFC Defensive Player of the Month for September and November. He had one interception, seven passes defended, two forced fumbles, 15 sacks, which did lead the league. He also led the league in tackles for loss at 23. He had 53 tackles, 41 quarterback hits, which he also finished first in the league. Uh, 96 blitzes, 
20 hurries, 19 quarterback knockdowns, 55 pressures, and a missed tackle percentage at 10.2. Hope he can get that missed tackle percentage down a little bit. Um, and if he can, I think he's got this thing locked up. Um, instead of 53 tackles, you're going to have, I don't know, upwards to 70. Um, and maybe even a few more TFLs to add on the already very impressive total at 23. So uh, Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. Now for the big award we've all been waiting for, Most Valuable Player. My honorable mentions go out to Tom Brady from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. So finishing third in MVP voting this season, I have Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. In 16 games last season, he finished with a record at 5-11, and 11, um, a 64.2 completion percentage, 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 12 yards per completion. 255.3 yards per game, four game-winning drives, an on-target percentage at 77.6. On the rushing end, obviously it's Stafford not known for his rushing ability, but he still did have 112 yards um, on the ground for 3.2 yards per attempt, two fumbles, and one fumble recovery. I think with that brand new offense, Stafford is going to achieve um, something that he never has before, and that is, actually no, he has achieved a winning record before, but it's going to be a little different this time because he's probably going to get into the double digit range um, upwards to probably 12 13 ish wins i'd say i'm um, very excited to see stafford play in new jersey um i mean los angeles sorry that's a stupid joke um so finishing runner up for most valuable player i have josh allen uh from the buffalo bills in 16 games last season he went to the pro bowl he was a afc offensive player of the week for weeks two 9, 13, and 15, and he was the AFC Offensive Player of the Month for September. He finished with a 13-3 record, a 69.2 completion percentage, 4,544 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, 11.5 yards per completion, 284 yards per game, a quarterback rating at 107.2, three game-winning drives, and an on-target percentage at 50, or, whoa, definitely not 50. He would not be anywhere near this MVP conversation if that were the case. 75.4% uh, on-target percentage. And on the rush on the rushing end, we do know his rushing ability is upwards as one of the best in the league, at least amongst quarterbacks. He had 421 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, very excited to see Josh Allen play. Obviously, if you've been listening for quite some time, you know that Josh Allen is one of my favorite quarterbacks, despite not being a Buffalo um guy and have no connection to buffalo or wyoming for that matter um i'm a huge josh allen guy um don't know why it started can't really tell you um but it happened on draft night when he got drafted by the bills so uh um i'm here with you josh uh, i think you're gonna do great things in the league in years to come give me one more year of the production you had last season and then i got you in my mvp conversation um or you are in the mvp conversation for sure but i will definitely have you as my uh, number one overall pick next season uh, for most valuable player. And speaking of winning most valuable player, Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. In 15 games last season, he made the Pro Bowl. He was the AFC Offensive Player of the Weeks for Week 3 and 8. He won the AFC Offensive Player of the Month for November. He finished with a 14-1 and record. Wow. Um, he had a 66.3 completion percentage. Can't believe the Raiders freaking broke his perfect season. Anyway, um, 47, he had 4,740 passing yards, 
38 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 12.2 yards per completion, 316 yards per game, a quarterback rating at 108.2, 3 game-winning drives, and an on-target percentage at 77%. On the ground, he had 302 yards and 2 touchdowns. Not really known for his rushing ability, but he did make some scores with his feet, so might as well shout him out. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, really a different animal, um, and when you give somebody like that the weapons that he has, uh, Tyree Kelsey and the brand new revamped offensive line, which is um, phenomenal what Kansas City was able to do in this offseason, one of the most underrated stories in my opinion, um, literally starting from scratch on the offensive line and already rebuilding it to have one of the better O-lines in the NFL is absolutely crazy. But yeah, uh, Kelsey, Tyreek, CEH, um, one of the best tandems you can have um, in the league. And to have Patrick Mahomes a quarterback is an absolute luxury and Andy Reid a head coach. Um, I don't see Kansas City slowing down anytime soon. Uh, easily could be the next dynasty if Patrick Mahomes can secure himself a Super Bowl victory and a... Um, most valuable player this season, which I do have him doing. Uh, can't wait to see what uh, what the future has in store. Um, hard to go a little, hard to be better than that. So um, we'll see what he can't do. Excited for Patrick Mahomes this season and the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But really excited for this entire season. This is going to be my final NFL episode for a little bit probably. I mean, I'll probably do a review or a, yeah, I guess an overview of my of my fantasy football teams. I have, I think I have four or five. I'm not sure I, I can, I lose track sometimes. I got a few with friends, a few with uh, some Instagram guys and a few, and I got one with the family. So, um, and, I, and I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy with all of them. Um, tried a little something new with the Instagram league. I'm excited to show you guys that one. Um, it's super flex, uh, quarterbacks allowed at flex. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited to show it off, but, um, yeah, that's going to do it for today's uh, awards prediction episode. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I'm going to review these really fast. My MVP, Patrick Mahomes, Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. Offensive Player of the Year, Dalvin Cook. Def- Defensive Rookie of the Year, Micah Parsons. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Trevor Lawrence. Coach of the Year, Sean McVay. And Comeback Player of the Year, Dak Prescott. Um, so hope you did enjoy. Be sure to follow my Instagram at lunchtabletalk underscore on Instagram for updates of new episodes. Uh, I always post on there as soon as the episode does come out. Um, the link is always in my biography. And while and wherever you are listening from, be sure to leave five stars, subscribe, uh, share with your friends, all that fun stuff. Um, really helps me out. Any share really does. Any listen does. So I uh, hope you did make it this far into the episode. If not, that's all right. But I uh, got some fun stuff planned in the near future. Uh, look out. So, gonna be fun. Hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Bye.